Welcome to Sliding Doors, the podcast that delves into the decisions and moments that shape our lives. I am Jenny Becker, and throughout my life, career, and relationships, I've always been fascinated with the notion that everything happens for a reason, alongside my love for the 90s movie classic, Sliding Doors. Have you ever really thought about those moments that shaped your life? Those decisions that could have gone either way in the opportunities presented to you? What if you had taken that job? or told that person in high school how much you like them. Each episode, I will talk to some amazing people from all walks of life and chat about their sliding doors moments. We will reflect on how a decisional moment changed the course of their lives and how things might have looked if they had never happened. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. My guest this episode is Emma Thatcher. Emma is a stylist and content creator working with some of the world's leading brands such as Ralph Lauren, Net-A-Porter and Amazon. With over 12 years experience in the fashion industry, she now runs the highly successful Emma Rose Style, where she shares not only her effortless fashion pics, but also her beautiful home. After working at Oasis as a merchandiser post high school, Emma met her husband and started a family. A few years on, she decided it was time to get back into the world of work again and started her career as a fashion stylist. Emma landed a job at Matches Fashion, enrolled on a few short courses and assisted where she could as a stylist on a number of projects before landing a job as a fashion buyer. During this time, she travelled frequently between Paris, Milan and New York, soaking up the culture, fashion and trends within each city. After eight years, she left to concentrate on becoming a freelance stylist and set up a style album with Louise Redknapp. Today, Emma inspires so many people with her knowledge, style and creativity, and I cannot wait to chat to her about her sliding doors moments. Hi, Emma. Welcome so much to the podcast. Hi, thank you. That was lovely. (laughs) No, well, you've had a brilliant career so far. Um, So I first came across you when I was working at Reward Style and like to know it, and I guess my perception of you is is that you're one of the OG influencers, really. Like you're one of the people that paved the way for a lot of people in the industry and what they do today. Um, and I just wanted to start by saying, for some people that don't know what a content creator is or an influencer, how would you describe what you do as your day job? I guess I, so my job would be to check what's coming into the stores, so like what's new in on the stores that I sort of love. Um 
working with brands to showcase their new season collections and showing how to wear it in a real way, I guess. I've always been interested in how sort of like real fashion, how it is taken from, you know, the runway or the designer's collections and how to work it into sort of your everyday life. Um, so, yeah, I just love showing sort of new new ways to wear things and new ways to style things and just inspiring, trying to inspire people, I guess, to maybe try a new look or something like that. Yeah, and you do it so well. And one of the parallels that we have is, so I always knew I wanted to get into fashion and I actually had no idea what I wanted to do, but I started as a merchandiser as well at Kurt Geiger. Um, So mainly because I just wanted to move to London, I wanted to get into the industry and, you know, learn lots of different things about figure out where I wanted to go. Was it the same with you? Were you always interested in the industry and getting into fashion? Do you know what? Not really, actually. No, I really did not know what I wanted to do. I left school after GCSEs. We didn't have a have a sixth form at my school. Um, a lot of my friends were going to college. Um, my family weren't massively like on academics. So, mm. you know, it wasn't that it wasn't an option to go to college and get A-levels. My mum and dad were quite pro sort of getting a job and working your way up and sort of doing it that way. Um, and I really didn't know what I wanted to do. I was, you know, I... As you said before, I did a lot of short courses, like trying to find my way. I ended up working at Oasis just full time after school and sort of got into merchandising that way. Um, But actually, it didn't then lead to a career in fashion straight away. As you said, I had a break. Even in that time, I sort of I did a beauty course. I still didn't really know, always loved fashion and been interested in it. And I think it come from more of a place of not knowing about Mm -hmm. the jobs in fashion. I wouldn't have known back then, I don't think, about a stylist or ever thought that I could have ever worked at a magazine I don't know why but I suppose before the internet and stuff I didn't really you can google things back then why I didn't have the access to be able to google things so you know I'd buy the magazines but just never would have thought that that is something that I could have done I just think I yeah I really just didn't know and I didn't don't think I put so much pressure on like trying to find out I was just living life and just going about you know and just sort of trying to see what I enjoyed I guess And I love that because I think sometimes we're so drilled at a young age to be like, what do you want to do? And actually, no one knows what they want to do when they're younger. And being able to openly try different things and see what interests you is is really good because that's how you figure out what you're best at. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that... So as I said, you were one of kind of the first people I know of anyway to kind of go into this world of blogging back then that's now moved into influencers and content creators. Um, So when you started um, a style album, what was the vision of it? And kind of what what was it like back in the day before it got to the kind of big industry it is today? So I've always been super interested in blogs since they very first launched. I was remember when Who, What, Where. I used to be a big fan of the American um, Who, What, Where before it even launched in the UK. And I've always been quite interested actually in the business side of it, which is why I sort of with, you said you was at Reward Style, which is a big affiliate platform that a lot of influencers use. Um, I was always quite interested in that side of it. And also I took a lot of inspiration from looking at the blogs, you know, years and years and years ago, probably mm-hmm. till 15 years ago. Um, and it took me a while to start my own from when I actually was enjoying them. But I think, so a style album is the blog that I launched with Louise. We were just constantly sharing, like Lou would go to the shops and see a nice t-shirt, say, and sort of send me a photo or I'd see 
the way a girl might have styled a skirt that I knew that she had in her wardrobe and sent her a photo. So it was very much like a bit of a, like almost like WhatsApp back and forth of images. And then in the end, we was like, do you know what? Why don't we just put this on a, then it was on, on a website, on a blog mm-hmm. and not on Instagram. I don't think we, we definitely launched the blog before we did an Instagram page. Um, and just put it out there and just sort of, you know, just to see what happened really. At the beginning, it was just a bit of fun and we'd do it occasionally. And then we sort of realised that if we wanted it to grow and to go anywhere, you know, you have to put, be a bit more consistent with it and sort of have a bit more of a strategy than just putting anything up when we felt like it. Yeah. And I think that's why you've been so successful because it's so authentic and it's come from a place of, you know, you genuinely enjoyed doing what you were doing and wanted to share it. Um and I guess that when my when I started in the fashion industry, the term blogger was like, you know, with Fashion Week was like, no bloggers, don't want to attend parties and whatever. And it's totally shifted now. It's like, you know, influencers are invited to sit on the front row of fashion shows and it made a whole 360. Did you ever think that when you started doing it, that it would turn into what it has today? I don't think so. No, I don't think I ever probably gave it that much thought I I remember you know when we'd speak to brands and or I think Netta Porter might have contacted us once um and it would be a bit like really they want us to go in for a meeting <laughs> and it being a bit like a bit of wow just didn't really ever I think I just enjoyed it so much and I yeah I realized that they were, you know, it could be a big business. I definitely realised that. I was really interested in that side of it as well. But I don't really think I had a massive vision of what I wanted a style album to be or what I wanted, you know, my own blog personally now to be. Just sort of went with it, really. But I can definitely see why blogs on a whole have grown so much because I get so inspired by, you know, Mm -hmm. the normal girls, the way they dress, you know, what they're doing, so I, I can see how it has taken off in general as much as it has. Yeah, 100%. And I wanted to ask you, what do you think's played the biggest part in your life when it comes to like fate, coincidence, determination? Um, I'm really excited to talk about your moments, but wanted to know before we chatted, what would you say is the most you know, prominent thing from your perspective? In terms of one of my sliding doors moments or... Just in terms of your life in general. I mean, you've had lots of different things that have happened to you and people that you've met. Would you say you believe more in the kind of fate side of it or do you think it's more that you've just always been determined to to get somewhere? I think a bit of both, actually. I think I've always been a bit of a manifester, even before I actually knew what manifesting was. I've always... I've always sort of been quite determined, I guess. I'm not, I'm not afraid to sort of ask for things. You know, some people can be a bit nervous of getting a no, but I've never really been like that. And I've definitely had no's over the years, but it doesn't really put me off. And so, yeah, I think a bit of both. I think, think meeting the right people, being in the right place at the right time, um, and also your attitude towards, you know, your goals and what you want to do. A hundred percent. And I love your moments because they focus a lot around key people that you've met in your life along the way um the first one being your husband so your first sliding doors moment is meeting my now husband ben when i was 17 on holiday definitely changed the course of my life we've had a few holiday romances on the podcast so far so <laughs> yeah so how did you meet your husband then so I was on a holiday with my best friend. We'd gone to Mallorca, Magaluf. 
for I think a week and I actually met Ben on my last night. And was it an instant attraction? Did you did you know you liked him? Yeah, definitely. We 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 sort of was was together that night, sort of walking up and down like Magaluf High Street, super classy, <laughs> um, going into the lovely clubs. Um, and then I gave him my number, and because I didn't even have a mobile phone then, I'm so old. Um, and he called when when he got home. So I think it I think it was his first night, my last night, his first night. And he called when he got home, and yeah, we've been together ever since. It's mad. It's yeah. amazing. And. Did you, so obviously you met on holiday and then when you came back home, like, did it, did you feel like it was like a quick, like, oh my gosh, he's the one type thing or did it kind of grow? Yeah, I, again, I don't think I ever thought he was the one, but I don't think I thought about it a lot. I mm-hmm. think I'm so young. It was so different to like relationships. I think a lot of my friends probably had when they were like late twenties, early thirties, where they put a lot of thought into it and they don't want to waste time. I don't really... Yeah, I definitely obviously thought that he was he was the one, but I just suppose we just went with it and Oh, but that's the beauty yeah. of meeting someone when you're younger is just kind of going yeah, with it. Definitely. Not overthinking it. Thought in it definitely. Yeah, that's it. I never questioned anything. We just had a really nice time and before we knew it, we've got three kids. It's crazy. So <laughs> when when did you get married then? So actually we got married after I had my children. So in two thousand and eight I think we got married yeah we married 12 years so yeah I had we had so I've been together been together like 22 years I think um and got married after about nine years I love that and as you said you met at a young age and you will talk about your second moment soon um, of having your children but do you ever think about what would have happened if you hadn't have met him at such a young age like do you ever think about you know because it, it is quite rare to meet someone at 17 and stay with them. It, it's lovely. It's what we all aspire to be, but doesn't often work out. Um, do you ever, as I say, think what, what could have happened if we hadn't have met at that age? Yeah, I think so. I don't, I, I didn't really, as I said to you before, like I didn't really have ma- massive aspirations for my career. I didn't know what I wanted to do. Um, I didn't really have any aspirations to travel or anything either at that time. So I suppose I don't, it wasn't like I had, you know, this big career planned or these sort of travel plans and, and they all changed for Ben. You know, I was just sort of coasting along in my life anyway. So it's really hard to sort of imagine what, what might have been when that, you know. So, yeah, obviously, I don't know how different my life would have been. It's mad. but Yeah, yeah. although it's hard to think. And I'm going to move like, because I think these two kind of join quite well together is that your second moment was having your children when you were super young. So you had Libby when you were 19, Alfie when you were 20 and Teddy when you were 22. Um, And I know that a lot of people often comment saying, how on earth do you have children this old? Like, how old are you? Because you do not look old at all and you're not. Um, So how did it come about having children? Was again, was that something that you wanted to do from a young age? And I yeah. definitely wanted children young. Yeah. My mum had me and my sisters when she was young and mum and dad were both really young. Um, Ben's seven years older than me, which obviously is still super young for when we had the children. Um, the, the, the job he, he was in, you know, he, we, we had a house, we were sort of financially secure. So that didn't come into it. It wasn't, I guess, like how probably my mum would have 
been where she probably found herself in a much tougher situation um, than I was. See, I think I was would always have, I, I was always probably going to have children young, but I definitely always wanted a family. Um, and it is mad now because obviously I look at my children who are 19, 18 and 16 and think, God, they are all too young. Like, <laughs> children. absolutely. But I still wouldn't change anything about my life. And as much as I don't really want it for them, I am so happy that it, that is the way it was for me. And did, did you find it hard? Because I think, you know, I would say we're the same generation and, you know, if I think about what I was doing when I was that age, you know, I was starting uni and all that type of thing. Was it hard for you? Like, did, were you on the same path of as, as a lot of your friends? Was it, did you feel a bit like different having children that young? Yeah, I think that was probably quite hard, actually. The, the meeting people, um, I, you know, I'm still best friends with one of like my friends from school um, and she was on a completely different path to me. She's actually got it the complete other way around. She's at home now, homeschooling like three, like young yeah. ones pulling her hair out but at the time when I had you know my three children she was like traveling around Australia and having the best time um I didn't want to travel and stuff so I never felt like I missed out on that now I would love to travel and I want my kids to travel and uh, you know definitely something that I I'm definitely going to do as soon as they all move out um yeah I suppose and I had we had to move around quite a bit for Ben's job so I think meeting new people was tough because you know, my children at that time were young, so didn't go to school, so you didn't meet anyone. I wasn't working, so I didn't meet anyone. So, yeah, I'd say my 20s, when they was young, like my sort of my early 20s, were probably quite hard in that respect, definitely, for sort of meeting people. But I never felt like I missed out. You know, I would still have nights out with my friends when I could mm. and things. And, yeah, I, I didn't ever feel like I massively missed out. Yeah. And I guess it's just learning early on that we all have different paths in life. Like we don't have to take the same path as everyone else. Like I haven't got married at the same time as my friends and it doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. It's just the different path that your life takes. And then, so when was it like after you'd had children that you really thought like, I'm actually ready now to go back into work? Because I know that you said you really just wanted to try, try being a stylist. Like when did you have that moment of being like, I'm ready now? Yeah, sure. I really, I remember the moment we was living in Manchester at the time and my youngest, I think, was like two. And it's really strange now to think back, but I had a bit of a complex about when I, people would say to me, oh, like, what do you do? And it honestly wasn't about being a stay-at-home mum. Like, I absolutely loved being at home with the kids and I was really grateful to be able to do that because I know a lot of people can't. But it was more the fact that I couldn't really say what I did before the kids because I didn't have mm -hmm. a career. You know, obviously I worked in Oasis. I, I, you know, I did lots of different jobs and lots of different courses, but I didn't really have a path. I couldn't say, oh, you know, I used to be a hairdresser. Or I used yeah. to... There was nothing. And I definitely had a bit of a complex about that. Um, so I felt that, you know, doing something for myself would be good for my confidence. Um, so yeah, I just, I think I must have had a laptop and I was into sort of like looking at who, what, where. And there was a blog called, I think it's called Celebrity Style Guide. And you could mm -hmm. go on and put in like sort of Kate Moss and you could see all of her outfits or like the Olsen twins. Um, and I was sort of like really into that. And I just thought, you know what, I would love to get into fashion and stylists just seem to be, I probably watched too much of like the Rachel Zoe program. Or <laughs> just thought, you know, I, I really want to do it. And I didn't know how I could do it, but I just had this determination. And I guess I was in a quite a fortunate situation as well in, the, in that I didn't have to work at that time. So mm -hmm. 
I could have the luxury of sort of dipping my toe in here and there where I could and I guess that's where it comes into meeting people that come into my life that gave me opportunities you know it was a, a real mixture of sort of you know hard work and, and meeting the right people um and yeah having like I say having the luxury of being able to sort of find my way and not having the pressure of you've got to get a job so yeah and you're so, it's so interesting what you said because often the most pressure we put on ourselves on is up putting on ourselves as you say you had a complex of being like I just don't know what to say. And it's because it, most people probably be like, oh, look how amazing she is. She's got three children. She's doing it all. But it's just sometimes how we, what we believe in ourselves and that drive of wanting to, to do a bit more. And Yeah, definitely. I think there just come a time where I was thinking, God, I was like sort of 24, I guess, probably 24, 25 at the time with three young kids and just thought, God, I've, you know, what else have I done? And I know it doesn't, like say, it doesn't matter. Like my kids are my world and, but I just wanted something. I mean, I have to say, if you've got three kids at 24, I think you can do whatever you want to do. I mean, amazing. I think, feel like it set you up for life, learning Thank to do you. that. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Um, and I want to spend most time on your last moment. Um, and you just mentioned it there. So meeting a few key women in my life at certain times that ultimately led to me, what led to what I'm doing now. And there's three women in particular that we're going to talk about today. And I literally love all of these. I think it's brilliant. Um, so the first one is, and I hopefully pronounce her name right, Ramilla. Yes. Yes. Um, so you said that she, you were introduced to her when you were trying to become a stylist. She was a producer and gave you like your first break at a Rimmel commercial. Yeah. So do you remember kind of how you met her, like when the opportunity was first presented to you? Yeah, definitely. So she's she's good friends with good friends of, of mine and my husband's. And um, we were just on a night out and she was there and we just really clicked. Um, and she's just a really good person, you know, a real um real girls girl really just wants to sort of help everybody and I remember chatting to her and she was like well, you can come and do a job for me and I was thinking at this time I'd done like a little bit of assisting you know sort of watching a few people doing it and I was a bit like yeah like again a bit one of them I don't like saying no so I yeah I give it a go um and I remember meeting for lunch she was like bring your book <laughs> so I haven't got a book <laughs> what book <laughs> Done and I was just sort of winging it and she gave me a job on a Rimmel commercial and it was the main girl was Zoe Dashnell am I saying that yes, right yeah and I was not styling her but I was styling the like the people that would appear in the advert so the bus conductor was the main one and then the extras 
and just I was so out of my depth from the minute and actually having her behind me going of course you could do it I'm the producer you you, you know you, you're going to do this you'll be absolutely fine um and I remember going into her offices like with all like because my I had to go and do like a fit in with the people and I just didn't know what I was doing and, and maybe it was my my age as well even though obviously I had the kids I was still young so maybe yeah. it was a bit that, you know now the thought of doing that of like terrifies me and I was terrified at the time um and then I did I just remember being so nervous like driving to the actual shoots um and that's how most of my opportunities came it was she would get me involved in a job and I'd just be absolutely terrified but I'd go and do it and I'd be on such a high afterwards yeah you know, and I didn't do loads I'd probably do like a handful a year or something because they don't work very well when you've got young children because you know the minute you say yes to a, a commercial or something you know they you have to be on hand when they need you and you can be shopping until super late at night for like a really early shoot the next morning um, but it was really good experience for me to do it. It's definitely not where I, I knew it wasn't where I wanted my styling to go. It was, that wasn't the path that I wanted because it, it was very stressful. Um, but I definitely am so grateful for that experience because it's all led me to sort of what I do now, 100%. Yeah, and it's so brilliant what you said because you said that Ramilla was someone that pushed you and gave you the confidence and told you like, you know, you can do this, like keep going. Do you think that really played a key part in you kind of just, as you said, winging it and doing what oh, you did? Oh, yeah yeah the fact that she told me that I could do it and you know she was the producer she was one of the sort of the top dogs on 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 the job so the fact that she was telling me that I could do it definitely gave me the belief that that I, I could do it and and I guess with with the styling there isn't any sort of right from wrong mm-hmm. and I think that's what I sometimes can find quite hard with it you know it's what the director wants at that moment so yeah I can be standing there with my client and dressing what they've told the brief that they've given me and then it can be completely wrong and I'd have to go back and it's trying to get it was quite hard to try and get it that it wasn't my mistake sometimes it was just the way that the the ads that the commercial was going um, and you just have to keep up with their pace and and not take it to heart that I've done something wrong so yeah I think it was yeah I learned so much from doing them commercials and yeah Ramilla was massively a a, a big big part of, of getting me into those and you just sometimes need one person to believe in you to really be like, you know what? And you also learn that no one knows what they're doing. Everyone's winging it in some way. I learned that so quickly. Shape or form. And you think that just because someone's in a higher position, they know everything and, every, you know, they, they work really hard and everyone's human and the same. So um, it's really good that you had that experience like quite early on in getting back into work because it probably helped you you know, move along, as you said. And so your second person is Louise Redknapp, who a lot of people will know. So you said um, you met her and were given the opportunity to style her a few times. Um, You became good friends and launched a style album together. So again, I love this. And you're definitely someone who I think has brilliant connections with people. And it, it really shows that a friendship and a connection can kind of lead somewhere. So how did you kind of first meet? And I know you mentioned it briefly before, but how did you kind of evolve the idea of starting a style album 
So we actually, we first met because it was when I wanted to get into styling and Louise had a magazine at the time. Um, so I got in contact and was like, can I come and do some like work experience and stuff? And, you know, she ended up, you know, my husband and, and, and Jamie knew each other as well a little bit. So there was a bit of a connection there as well. So we ended up meeting up and just really clicked. And again, she was, you know, a bit like Ramilla where she was just so helpful. I sort of told her what I wanted to do. And she was like, right, this is my stylish. You can come assist her, come on this job. Um, at the time, it was when I was go- applying for a job at Matches and she was mm-hmm. super helpful, sort of saying, you know, say, mention this designer in your interview because I've never really interviewed before, not for a long, long time, yeah. you know, which is quite strange for probably someone of my age at the time. Um, and she was just, yeah, just super, just so helpful and instrumental in giving me, again, the confidence to, to go out and do it. She's like, yeah, you can do this. And from that, it led to me styling her on a few jobs, which was great. Um, you know, Lou really knows knows her stuff when it comes to fashion and knows what she likes. And she was just a dream to style. Um, and actually, before we did a style album, she introduced me to the third person who we're going to talk about, Carly, who was at the... T- Lou and Carly were friends. Carly was opening a store um, and she connected us and was like, you should, you know, you should go and you'd be really good for each other. You could sort of really help each other out. So I ended up working for Carly doing the, the buying for years. So it was almost, it all sort of inter, intertwined, I yeah. guess. So before a style album, I actually was working as a buyer for God, I, I think eight years, but it's all such a blur. Yeah. And I think that, you know, you said that, I think a lot of people that you've met, you've obviously sparked a brilliant relationship with. And I think sometimes in the fashion industry, particularly, there's often this um, myth around, you know, it not being very nice and a lot of it isn't. But do you think then there's such an importance on, you know, being a nice, good, humble person and that really kind of helping to get you to where you want to be? Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah, I've met some not nice people on jobs and stuff and you know obviously you don't have a connection with them and you never see them again and and I think it's you know a lot of people talk about like networking and things like that but I think it is more about having a connection with people you know I've I've been to especially sort of recently and doing what I do you go to a lot of events and you can you know sit next to someone and they can be pleasant and everything but there's no real sort of connection there and then you can sit with someone else and you can really sort of hit it off and then the relationship grows from there and that's when you don't know what could come of, of things like that like a lot of my brand partnerships now especially like my long-standing ones is where I've really had a connection with the PR or someone who works there and yeah just build a relationship over the years and yeah definitely I mean you you get you definitely get nasty people out there but mm-hmm. then you don't you know you don't have to deal with them so and I've always been such a big believer that if you're a nice good person it gets you so much further than um the other side of things like as you say you you realize that if you're nice to everyone along the way you just never know who you're going to meet what position they're going to be in or anything and I think that that's something that can really stand you well for being successful in life yeah and I think helping other people out where you where you can as well like giving Mm -hmm. people a leg up because it always I know how you know it's helped me over the years so if I can do that for someone else I will 100% always try to so yeah like like you say you don't you don't it's always going to come back around again so Mm -hmm. always you sort of helping someone else out isn't going to hold you back you know it lifts everybody so I'm definitely a big believer in that 
totally. And you mentioned before that when you were approached by Netta Porter, like the first time you were like, why do they want to work with us? What's going on? Do you remember kind of a turning point with a style album and working with Louise where it kind of became a bit like, oh God, people know who I am now and people are looking at me to style and give them inspiration? Yeah, I can't really remember the turning point, but I definitely know it, it's it's the comments, you know, the, the comments where someone might have said, I think like um, we did a big Mallorca guide because it's where we both used to holiday every year and someone was like commented like, oh, I went to those places you recommended and they was amazing. And you're like, God, that's actually really having an effect on someone's life. Like only obviously in a minor way, but the content that you're putting out is helping people make decisions where they've probably gone and had a really nice time or they've bought something that they love. Um, So yeah, I think definitely the feedback that we got from people that who would read the blog or followed us on Instagram was definitely one of the nicest things that and made me realize you know there's value in what we're doing definitely and as you said like you're inspired by everyday style and people and when you know that you're doing that for someone else it must actually just be such a nice feeling to know that you know somebody's taken inspiration from what you're doing yeah definitely it's the the one thing that yeah keeps me even going now obviously like I was we were saying before the chat that it's it's hard at the moment trying to keep inspired and things but yeah if you can share something that's going to bring a little bit of joy to someone then it's I love that's what I love to do definitely do you ever think um you know where what would you have been doing now maybe if you hadn't have started a style album like obviously you said and we'll talk about um Carly your last person in a minute but do do you think you maybe would have stayed as a fashion buyer or do you think you know you always would have ended up on this path of um you know creating content and influencing other people do you know what? That's a good question because I, I really don't know. I mean, I think I don't think I would have gone on to do buy-in for any anyone else because it was quite was quite lucky how I sort of got the job. Like I'm, I know in you know if I was to be a buyer for matches or Netapool to say there's a hell of a lot into it. And I don't think I've got the qualifications or the math knowledge. I think it was a really small store, and you know helping Carly build it from the very beginning definitely made that you know. I, I was able to do it due to that. Um, I think definitely the styling. I think I would have pursued the styling. Um, but even with that, there's so many different avenues in, in which which you could have gone with the styling. I think celebrity styling probably would have been the path that I would have wanted to, to go into. Um, because as I say, the commercials were hard, really, mm-hmm. really hard. Um, but even it was, it was really that's hard, like even a hard industry to get into because... I have felt that because I didn't have the um, the experience from the beginning, you know, like I didn't go down the magazine route where I assisted for years and sort of did it that way. I, I definitely felt that trying to knock down those doors definitely would have been a really hard path for me. Mm-hmm. I think I would have kept trying, but I don't know how easy it would have been. Um, and then I don't know about the blog because I don't know whether I would have ever had the guts to start it on my own. Yeah. Like I know I'd do it on my own now, but I don't know if I would have ever, like, I remember when we first started taking photos, like, I would chop my head off. Like, <laughs> mad. When you look back on the old photos, bango, why are you chopping your head off? <laughs> you see my face. It's just about what I'm just wearing. Just about the clothes. Yeah. So I don't know if I ever would have been brave enough to have started that on my own, to actually have had that confidence to think that people care about what I've got to say. I think mm-hmm. having, I don't know, like, I'm in the middle of three sisters and I don't know whether always having you know always had a sister with me at school yeah my sisters are a big part of my friendship group and I don't know whether I would have ever have had the guts to have done that completely on my own but I don't know 
Who knows? Well, we wouldn't know. But you did mention Carly and you said you met her through Louise. And that's kind of what led you to being a buyer for so many years because she was starting up a store and it meant you were involved from the beginning. So do you remember kind of the moment she offered you the job and were you, did you want to take it from the beginning? Were you thinking loads about it? I was super excited from the minute I think Lou mentioned it to me to then actually, you know, sitting down with Carly. It was just a dream. It really was um, it obviously it wasn't my business. It was all Carly's business. So I didn't have all of the sort of the, 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 the hard stuff to deal with. I just got to do all of the fun stuff and it come at a really good time for me. I think, you know, my older two would have been at school. My youngest one was probably at nursery. Um, and it was just, I think I probably had that feeling a bit where I don't know if, you know, people get this, but I know for me, it's like once you dropped your kids at school, a bit of that sort of what's my purpose. And, you know, I'd spend mm-hmm. so long being at home with them and stuff. So to have the fact that I could get up, get dressed, go and sit in the um, the, the store and, you know, with my like laptop and, and my notebook and, you know, plan our buying trips. And it was, yeah, I don't even think at the time I realised what an opportunity it was. Yeah. I think looking back now, it may... It, gave me the confidence in fashion because yeah we would be going to like we'd go to Paris and go to the Isabel Marant showroom which was like she was huge at the time you know she still is a massive designer now but at the time there was a real buzz around her and you'd be in the showroom with all of these sort of like buyers from around the world and I just used to get so inspired by like what they was wearing and it was just me and Carly sort of sat there like laughing going like, what are you doing? but like again yeah. thinking like oh. no one sits there in business and like you know everyone's like how on earth am I in this position it's amazing and actually really taught me you know how to sort of like blag your way into things really because Carly mm-hmm. was quite the same as me it's like if she wanted a brand it was like we'd find a way to get it in the end I remember turning up at the, like the Saint Laurent showroom in Paris once and sort of like going in there and like looking around going we actually like they let us yeah. in <laughs> they look at their collection but um so yeah it was it was really really good fun I absolutely loved it um and then just it it sort of ended up just can't remember how it ended at the end. I think it, the store didn't go online and it was at the time when we launched it, it wasn't a big problem. But then towards the end, you know, more and more stuff was going online. So it was getting harder and harder. Um, and then there was a crossover. I had started to, to do a style album as well. And then that was sort of taking up more and more of my time. So we ended up just sort of, um, yeah, just leaving leaving club and just concentrating on the style album. But yeah, I'd always be so appreciative of that time. It was incredible. Yeah, and do you think that that job was like a big foundation to what you do? Like you say, like it's only when we look back really and we look at all these opportunities we were in, like traveling the world, and you know, as you say, being in a in an amazing showroom. Do you, do you think it really gave you um, that grounding for where you are now? Definitely, it's definitely where. I felt much more confident doing that job than I have ever with styling. And again, I don't know if that's because I had Carly with me all the time. So mm-hmm. I don't know whether that is a, sort of a bit of a pattern with me. It's like I like having someone to sort of have by my side. Um, yeah. It, and I think that also was a real opener, eye opener as well about the like everyone's winging it because it's, you know, you're sat in the same showroom as the matches buyers and looking at the same collection and you think god okay so that's they're picking that and we've just picked that we must be doing something right um yeah it definitely gave me it, it it helped really build my confidence I think 
Yeah, and you mentioned um, before we started chatting that you've re- just rewatched uh, Sliding Doors, which is, as I've said, one of my favourite films. And I'm, I'm just thinking, like, from really thinking about your Sliding Doors moments watching the film, do you kind of now see, like, the connection of the dots? And as I said, like, I think you've definitely met people along the way that's introduced you to someone else and someone else. Like, do you, do you really kind of think that there are those key moments that did shape where your life is today? Yes, 100%. When you first asked me my sliding doors moments, I was a bit like, I don't know if I've got any because of my life has, I suppose, been probably quite different to a lot of other people my age in terms of like meeting my husband so young and having my children so young. And, you know, I think I listened to your first episode where Caroline was offered a job somewhere. It was like, I never had those moments. So, but then when I sort of sat down and really thought about it, I think, yeah, obviously like meeting Ben and and having my children, but it it definitely is the the people that I've met from career wise, it's the people that I've met along the way. Um, And I guess also saying yes to things, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'd said no to the styling, I can't do it. I'm I'm not experienced enough. You know, what would I be doing now? I don't know. That's why you just have to go for it. Just wing it and worry about it later just yeah. get the opportunities that come your way I'm, I'm definitely a big believer in that I, I'm and I really encourage any friends or you know my sister's a, my sister's a photographer um and she was a fitness instructor she had her children and then she taught herself photography and now she's like built this incredible career she does children's photography like newborns and she's amazing and you know, she just went for it and, and she's had her moments where she'll ring me and go, oh, I've got this shoot tomorrow and I'm really nervous. And it's like, we just sort of build, I can build her up and make her believe that, you know, she deserves to be where she is. And it's, if she hadn't have taken that opportunity, you, you have to put yourself, I suppose, you have to make yourself vulnerable, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And it's really tough. And, you know, I, I definitely with the styling had a lot of anxiety, even this morning before recording this podcast, like I get anxiety and nervous and it would be so easy to go, oh, I, I can't do it. You know, no one cares. But, you know, you feel good afterwards once you've taken them opportunities, definitely. Yeah, and everyone feels the same. And I think that, you know, the reason why I wanted to start the podcast was to talk to anyone and everyone. It doesn't have to be these big flashy moments where, you know, the stars aligned and fireworks went off. It's it's the everyday things that happen. And as you say, your perception of sliding doors is brilliant because it's all about, you know, connections with people, meeting people, but also saying yes and you creating the opportunities for yourself. And I think that sometimes we do wait for these big coincidences to happen, but it's it doesn't have to be the big coincidences. It can just literally be saying yes to someone or giving something a go or pushing yourself to do something that can really, you know, lead you to where you're meant to be. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's why I love podcasts like this as well, because I like listening to different people's stories, because like you say, like not everything is black and white like life isn't how we were sort of told that it's going to be when you're young where you you know you've sort of got your like path that you need to follow so I love hearing people's different lives and and how it's led them to to where they are like when I first started wanting to do it I suppose I didn't have anyone I could relate to like there Mm -hmm. wasn't podcasts and things so I didn't really know that it was possible I suppose I believe that I would it would lead somewhere and that I would end up doing what what I wanted to do but there wasn't really someone that I could listen to who had, had done it before. So yeah, I think I'm so inspired by listening to people's stories and podcasts and career paths. I love it. 
Oh, me too, Emma. And I know how much you will have inspired so many people today, because I think, as you said, it's just everybody knowing that there's different ways of doing things and you are and will always continue to be so inspirational to everyone. I love your style. I love everything that you do. So um, keep going and keep saying yes to things so that you can keep uh, giving us all the inspiration. Um, thank you so much. And um, I will speak to you again soon. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. It's lovely to chat to you. Thanks, Emma. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Sliding Doors. If you've enjoyed our chat and found it inspiring, I would love it if you could rate, review, share and subscribe. Thank you so much. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.